Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied as always by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today is the one and only Josh Lawler. And then if you want to listen to any other episodes, you can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow along with us on Twitter at Working P Pod and join us for some fun on the Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Shake diggity. How you feeling, baby? Ready to do this? I'm feeling good and I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I love it, man. All right. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. All right, Shake. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about this one. All right. So I was very much looking forward to this episode for a long time because there's a place that's like near and dear to my heart that I know is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's the Henzo Gracie PA Academy. And this place is a place that changes lives. And I feel like the two people on this podcast, myself and Josh, both had our lives changed by going to this place. Mm-hmm. So it's an MMA gym, which means there's a bunch of different disciplines there and things like that. Yeah. But when you're at this place, right, you see a lot of and I've been there for 13 years and you see a lot of different people coming in. You know what I mean? And it's and it's funny because like there's different times of year where it's a lot busier and like different events occur that like, you know, will make it uh, get, get you like a lot of like traction. So like, for instance, right. So uh, in the gym, you know, gym fitness world, the busiest month of the year is February, right? Mm -hmm. So the busiest month of the year is February. Reason is because people have their New Year's resolution. No, like people do it in January. Some people, but a lot of people skip January and do it in February and start that. (laughs) Try to salvage the year. Correct. So like, oh man, I didn't do it. All right. I'll start in February, blah, blah, blah. Happens all the time. Another thing that'll happen, and I've seen this a bunch of times, it happened after Pacquiao Mayweather. It happened after McGregor Mayweather. It Uh, happened after the Creed movie was released. It happened Mm -hmm. after Warrior came out, right? And like, you know, Aldo McGregor, like mega, mega fights, right? Where it's these people see these things happen on TV and now they want to come and think they can do it. Even like, I'll tell you, I've had people like, the Avengers, and this happens with women too, where they see like Black Widow and all this stuff, like do like, you know, they they do like jujitsu and judo and all that stuff in the movie, like different mm-hmm. types of moves. And they yeah. see that, they're like, wow, I'd love to learn that. So, and all, you know, like a Absolutely. lot of that adds, yeah, a lot of that, you know, people come in and that's what they want to do, right? Which yeah. is fine. Anyone can do that. And, you know, I've seen some people stick around with that notion. But a lot of times when you see people come in, it's like uh, you can kind of smell your own kind of thing. So everyone has their kind of different reasons for being there and want to stick around and like, you know, kind of live the life. Right. Right. And everyone's reason could be their own. There's a lot of times where I'll have guys come in all gassed up like, dude, I want to get in the ring. I want to get in a cage. I want to fight, man. I need to fight. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, look, you're not getting in there for months, you know, if if at all. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, you got trained. If I put you in there right now, it's gonna do more harm than good. You're gonna get caught in quicksand, and you're gonna you're gonna hate it. It's gonna be a nightmare, and you're gonna get hurt. And then I'm gonna get in a lot of yeah, shit. So- yeah, you you have to be like the the adult in the room for that. 
Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And there is times where it's like, you know, like we're we're from we're we're friends with a lot of other gyms too. So like there's times where guys will come in that are like, you know, they they work, they went to other gyms and stuff. And like I know them, you know, like when they come in, I'm like, okay, you're cool. Like you can jump in, you don't have to wait. But if some Joe Schmo just comes in off the street and it's like, dude, I want to fight tomorrow. It's like not happening, man. <laughs> not happening at all. Oh man. You so know? if I come knocking on the door, you're not gonna let me uh no. <laughs> try out and, some of my moves. <laughs> no. And if you if you ever go to a gym that has this like kind of fresh meat kind of thing, yeah. Don't even bother. Oh, so that's a sign joke. of a bad gym, is it if they let Correct. you get in there? And also because they just Correct. want to take advantage of you very much correct okay that's a gym that's like that's one thing that we very much practice against at the gym and i know josh is a big advocate of it now because of the position he's in but there's it's always like i tell people all the time it's like there's always a bigger fish brother right like there's no like in our gym there's no room for a higher level skilled guy to fight a lesser level skilled guy and beat the just like beat on him right mm -hmm. don't get me wrong if you're you're always the boss when you're in there. That has to be your mentality. You're always the boss, right? But if you're going in there with a guy that's obviously less skilled and you're going in there just to like beat the crap out of him, you're not learning anything. When you're yeah. in there with a guy's less skilled, your thought should be, this guy shouldn't lay a glove on me. I should work on all my counters and all my moves and all my defense and all that stuff, right? And if that guy does hit you, then you like, you know, then you need to take, you know, take stock in what you're doing. But if you're a guy in there <laughs> who's obviously a higher skill level trying to fucking get his rocks off by knocking someone's teeth out, then what happens is, is that you get the shit kicked out of you. And there's no remorse for that. Like, if you're the guy that does that, your ass gets kicked. That shit is not tolerated, mm. which it shouldn't be. Like, people are coming in to learn, you know? So like, yeah. this is an environment of learning. It's not, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And like, when you're in training with camp and everything like that, you know, like you develop like a relationship with guys and like, I've trained Josh and everything like that. So you develop a relationship because that's part of the job where I have to know him, you know, like I have to know how he works and like his thought process and things like that. And like, you know, talk to him and make sure he's mentally ready for the fight because mentally it's way more than physically. You know, like you can have all the physical stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's more mentally than everything. And you have sure. to mentally yeah, prepare. Absolutely. So when Josh came in, it was uh, probably like six years ago, right? Okay. He came in and he was like, he had long hair, right? <laughs> he was like a skinny kind of, you know, whip thin kind of guy, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, look at this dude. You know what I mean? You could tell he was in like a rock band and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, <laughs> look at this freaking guy. And like, there's guys that you'd seen come, come in and you're like, oh, that guy, you know, like, he looks like he's in shape. Like, he looks like he can go. And then they're like a total noodle. You know what I mean? Yeah, then yeah. you see another guy coming in who's like whip thin, long hair, grunge rock kind of gimmick. And you're like, what is this what is this going on here and then it turns out that they can actually go you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like when you see that you're like all right and then like you develop relationships like i'll it's it's think about this shake is there a place where you would go that you would punch or kick a guy before you would talk to them <laughs> of course not <laughs> I, I, no there are no options in that I, department i guarantee i guarantee that i punched or kicked josh before we had a real conversation <laughs> besides like you know my name's matt my name's josh right <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean it's quite the intro so, like you 
It is, but it's also, it's like, it, one of the big things I tell people that come into the gym, is the number one thing I wanna see is look, Every, everyone tells me this, and I learned this from the owner of the gym, whose name's Rich Lotto, who's like my, my fucking hero, you know? So I learned this from him. He's like, look, man, commitment is the name of the game. It is the number one thing. You can be kind of not as good, you know what I mean? Like, you could be whatever, but if you're there every day and you mm -hmm. commit, then I'll, I, you can have my time. And he's like, and he was, he'd tell me, he's like, dude, don't give your time away. That's your time. If you have someone coming in, right, and they want to pay and, and it's all that, you're like, yeah, that's fine. But like, if they're not giving you everything, then don't, like, you have to be honest with them. You have to say, look, I need this from you. Otherwise, your goals aren't attainable and this isn't going to happen. If you want to just work out with me and I teach you this stuff and you're not going to fight and you're kind of just doing it to get a workout in and learn something new, fine. Then that's fine and yeah. we can do that. But if you're coming in telling me like, oh, I want to fight and I want to get in a cage and I'm going to do all this. And then you're not showing up for practice and you're not doing your work, right? Like I tell the guys that I train, I'm like, look, I'm your polish, man. I expect that you need to be doing all of these things when yeah. I'm not around, right? Like right. I'm not there in the morning when you wake up. I need to know you're running and getting your road work in and doing your morning calisthenics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you've talked about this with with high school wrestling that, we just discussed this on a recent episode about how you have to, yeah. it takes a lot of self-responsibility, especially it's hard in high school, but now people, mm -hmm. you know, the guys you're dealing with, why well, you deal with people of all ages, right? Do you have a, a wide right. range of people? So, yeah, yeah I mean, and you always talk funny. about how high school wrestling is, is a, yeah. is a indicator or a good, a good introduction into the uh, world yes. of MMA and stuff. Very much. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. When I see a kid that comes in that has, previous high school wrestling experience i know like okay i i this kid if he wrestled at a decent school and like has some chops i was like this kid i can work with because he knows what it takes you know what i mean like yeah there's people coming in with expectations of like oh if i uh you know play some good play some music and do some one-handed push-ups and a couple sit-ups and i'm fucking <laughs> ready to fight apollo creep you know what I mean? yeah it just isn't the fucking case yeah you know? it's, and it, it, it's a go 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 and it, and it is like I'm I'm looking at it from an outsider. I've always been an outsider. I've never I've never wrestled. I've never done any MMA, and I've never done like a, a solitary sport. I've always done team sports, and mm -hmm. I imagine that it does take a lot of you know. There's a big learning curve to realize like you are the only one who's going to make any sort of change. Like you you can't motivate your teammates. You can't rely on your teammates. It's just you. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I'd imagine that would be like a big learning curve. It, oh, it is. And honestly, it's like, uh, like knowing what you're worth too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like finding like reasons, like you have to justify why you're doing stuff. Right. Like I tell all the guys and like, eventually when you get to a certain level, like, and I know me and Josh have talked about, like, you got to kind of like pain. Like I don't, you know, like pain is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, sometimes you don't mind getting it and you love giving it kind of thing. Like <laughs> there is, you have to have a relationship with pain and it can be, you know, she can be a fickle mistress, but you have to, like, you have to be expecting to go in there and, and deal with it because maybe pain hurts you a lot the first time, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe she hurts you a little less the second time. And then eventually pain's not hurting you anymore. And you're the one that deals the pain. And that's kind of how it works when you get in there. But surviving the pain is a process. And not a lot of people 
have like the fortitude to do that. I was always brought up for me. And uh, this is something I saw in Josh, which kind of like brought, you know, kind of uh, two ships in the night kind of thing, where to me, it's the work, right? And I always prided myself, my trainer is a guy named Harry Joe Yorgi. He's a North American title holder, big, big guy, fun Showtime, HBO, huge, huge guy, mm-hmm. huge like boxer. And his whole thing, and I used to take such pride in this, and he used to tell me that I work the most. No one works like me and no one works as hard. And that's a mm-hmm. big thing to take pride in, especially for your mental game. It's that early on when you're fighting early on and wrestling too, there's a lot of times where it's like, you're thinking like, all right, did this guy do more pushups than me. And, or did he run as much as I did? Or did he drill as much? Or is he do the bag work or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Like you're fighting that guy way before the fight even happens thinking like, oh, is he, if he's doing this and I'm not, then he has a one up on me. Right. You know what all I right. mean? So being the person that works is to me, that's what like those, those are the people that get time. And those are the people that are going to be, that are going to do good. Yeah. But they're, you know, and the guys that talk and don't, then they don't. And you know how it is. <laughs> but when, when Josh started coming in. So another thing, the gym, the MMA gym is a unique place because of how it transforms lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying before, of all ages. So it's funny. So I'll tell there's a couple people and Josh will be one of them. One of the guys we have, uh, he's a 52 year old uh, cop and he's a bike cop. He's a captain of the bike police. Right. So he is now more like mm-hmm. confident in the fact he had the work when the vice president comes to town and when the president comes to down and during the elections and all the riots, he worked all Ooh. the riots. And this guy has more confidence now because oh, nice. of the training and his life has been changed because he's come to the gym. And now he knows like he can protect himself. He can protect his family and it gives him an air of confidence. And he has goals now, like he's training for this fight and he has oh, cool. goals of like winning the fight and working towards the fight. Right. Those are life goals. He wouldn't have had before joining the gym. Then I've also seen it where it's like really young kids that come in like, awkward teen kids kind of like chubby acne all that stuff and then they transition into young men that are fierce young men you know like very tough kids right then you have a guy like josh who came in here searching for something right and i was the same way i was searching for something too right and then you search for this thing and you build a confidence and you build a self and you build an identity and something that you can be proud of right and you work towards this and this is a goal that he's attained. And I'm very proud to see how far he's come and how well he's done. And I'm, I've been, I'm glad to have been there for it all and to see it all come to fruition. And he's done so well that now he's an instructor at the gym. He takes over for classes. He just does, he does a great job. And I can't be more proud of him. And like the success he's had has been unreal. But I know he's doing great. He's <laughs> recently married. He's doing his thing. He's working hard. Josh, I know you've been doing great and everything's going good. I just want to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think of that piece of shit movie? (laughs) I haven't seen it. I stay away from boxing movies, music movies, stuff like that, because it's pretty much always an inaccurate representation in some way, shape or form. And it's frustrating, (laughs) especially with boxing movies. Yes. So it's I've talked about it on this on this show before where. In the fighting community, fighting movies are frowned on. Oh, they're they're awesome. not, it's not, 
Yeah, it's not like we're all watching, you know, Cinderella Man and Warrior on a loop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But there, to be fair, there is some movies like I liked Creed, and obviously everyone's seen Rocky. Yeah. Like, you know, like there is yeah. some that slips through the cracks. And like when I was younger, I liked them a lot more and look back on it as more like a nostalgia thing. But you find mm. different things from the movies like Warrior. It was more to me. It was a story of like two brothers that I kind of connected with mm. and like a dad who was kind of abusive. It, well, yeah, yeah it's kind of abuse. And then Creed was more of like a like a kid who lost his father trying to, you know, find something which had like, dude, it wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, it was. Right. right. Yeah. Those, I liked those boxing. Those boxing movies like Rocky, they they do themselves a favor of not relying on having super realistic like fight <laughs> scenes and stuff where, you know, like that's not what they're making their bones on is, oh, look right. out. This is what it's really like to be in the ring. But didn't is it Creed or one of those movies that came out in the past couple of years had like a new technology? I think it was Creed, right? It's where, always like, I would, the cameras I would, were like right yeah. on their chest or something. I would assume it's so Stallone has done this several times where he's been like that, like all the Rocky movies, he changed the game. Like Rocky one fighting before that was basically like fighting in a movie before that was kind of like dancing. Right. But he mm -hmm. changed the game and like, like people, the next time, if you watch Rocky one again, I found this out that the sound effects they used when the punches landed are cannon shots and musket shots are the sound effects <laughs> yeah so oh yeah so when you That's watch funny. it again try and listen for that but like even then the way they were choreographing the fight scenes and things like that and that's in all the rockies creed too they were all choreographed and a lot of them like there was like it's like a thing they have where like they were actually hitting each other like dolph lundgren i believe they had to stop filming for like a couple weeks as dolph lundgren cracks sylvester stallone's orbital bone nice. you know? <laughs> like, yeah and like and uh and michael b jordan when uh when uh tony tony uh i think it's tony mellow is or uh, tony bellow is the name of the the guy he fought in creed in the first creed and that guy's mm -hmm. an actual real real fighter from england who's like really actually really really good like a, like yeah. a world champion and he in one of the scenes they he actually knocked out knocked him unconscious uh michael b jordan for real wow. like stallone stallone was like hey give him a fucking real one and yeah if they're gonna bring like a professional non-actor in there they probably is like a uh you know an understanding that like hey we're bringing you in here because we don't have to teach some actor how to like pretend to fight so I, I'd imagine that. I saw a video where he was talking about how he would fight Roy Jones. He was like, oh, I think I could do my thing against Roy Jones. And then... <laughs> who, who said that? Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, he said he could fight. He would, he would take on Roy Jones Jr. He would do his thing. That was what he said. He would do his thing against Roy <laughs> oh, Jones. Get out of it. And I didn't know he got knocked out by like a C-class fighter. So, yeah, good luck with that. Dude. Well, I mean, Bellows, Bellows pretty legit. He knocked out David Hay. He's a, watch that fight. Yeah. David Hay versus Tony Bellow, pretty mm. good. Yeah. But bo boxing itself, honestly, with boxing needs. So MMA doesn't need a movie no. right now. MMA is fucking red hot. Boxing needs the movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And the Which thing, is a shame. The thing with some boxing movies, like I saw bits and pieces of Creed, but I didn't see the whole thing. But the one thing that was realistic, like you were saying earlier with uh, the intro there, background on the gym, is um, some people, especially in those movies, they're trying to fill like a hole in their heart sometimes, right? He was like losing his dad and stuff like that. And uh, I guess that was mm -hmm. kind of like me a little bit. Like uh, 
when I popped in. Yeah. And it was just because I, uh, I had a lot of death all like happened in my family all at once. I lost my grandfather, my grandmother, um, uh, my sister's kid died of SIDS. Jesus oh, Christ. Uh, and then later on, like six or eight months after that, my cousin OD'd. She was 31 and she left behind like two kids that were less than five at the time. So Jeez. it was just oh. kind of all like piled on. And um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in a rough spot with a lot of my relationships and uh, it was starting to show like in my personal life that like, like, like something was going to happen, like either like some, I was going to snap like in public and like something. And then there was other circumstances where I did kind of lose my temper and just like, I wasn't, I wasn't myself. You know what I mean? I, I've kind of always had a, a temper a little bit like it's gotten a lot yeah as everybody gets yeah. older it's gotten a lot better you know what i mean jim helps with that too but mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah yeah there was just there's some i was looking for something and i needed something it was like it was like the kind of thing where people were like okay i'm gonna go to the army or this like i'm just going to the marines dude like i'm just gonna shave my head and like change my life and i don't know you know what i mean but i didn't want to do that like that wasn't my thing it's not that wasn't a disrespect i just couldn't see myself doing it so that's something that's like full commit but my dad did martial arts growing up for a long time and I'd been like at the karate dojo, you know, back then it was all like nineties, like sport, uh, point karate, stuff yeah. like that. And then later on he ended up, yeah. stuff, but I was around it, you know what I mean? Like, and I always thought it was really interesting and my mom didn't like it. Like when I was young, you know, my mom didn't like, she, like, she had that very like old school mentality is going to make it more aggressive, but you want to do it more. So like, eventually I kind of grew the gym <laughs> every day, like when I was going to work and going to my garage and it was right there, it was right there, it was right there. And like, uh, um, I just eventually just one day I just kind of grew a pair and it's, it's people talk about it, but it is intimidating just walking into a gym. People are slamming pads and stuff. And I'm a grown man, but I yeah, fight, you know what I mean? So it, yeah. So it, it's the same thing. Like that's the one thing that's true about a lot of those movies. It's like people are looking for something. Agreed. It, I, it is very much like, uh, you know, it is, and it's a personal thing. And I, I had no idea that that was kind of what drew you in that you had had like all that loss at one time. And it was just like, such a void in your life and it is true man it is so true and it's like people come in you know some people come in like and it's like a challenge right but honestly i feel like those people in in your case like let's say like those people with the biggest hole to fill are the ones that like get like they if they immerse themselves it enriches them the most you know what i mean yeah. like you know you were able to go in there and like fully immerse yourself and like lose your problems and stuff and like dude I've been there. You've been there where like, there's rough days in the gym, bro. There are some rough fucking days. Right. And like, you're going in like, dude, but like, but going, going back is the big thing. Hold on. What'd you say? The mic was off. Uh, painful, painful days. Oh, painful, painful days. <laughs> painful. Oy, oy, yeah. oy. And, and, and I would say that like, when you have terrible things happen in your life and we all have to varying degrees, um, it seems like those bad things are bad, like holistically, like they, if something, you know, bad happens in your life, you stop eating well, you stop sleeping well, you know, you lose motivation in your work or at, if you're in school, you, you know, people who have, you know, deaths in their family or whatever, sometimes they have to drop out of college or whatever. Um, but I would say that getting a, a goal or getting something that you get to work at and build over time, whether it's like you guys at the gym, for me, it's long distance running. Those things are holistically good. Mm -hmm. And even if you're only going to the gym twice a week, it affects your, or if, if you're only running twice a week, it affects your diet. It affects like your sleeping schedule, like the way you go about your life, because 
you know that like at some point I'm going to be back on the mat or I'm going to be back running again. And you know, if, if I, if I eat all, you know, if I eat like four cheeseburgers, I'm going to be back yeah. on the road again in a, in a day or two. And even if it, even if it like doesn't physically hurt you, it mentally hurts you. You know that you're going about this run or this session on the mat, having eaten a bunch of, you know, terrible stuff or slept terrible. So I, I would say that, you know, do you guys see that that as a parallel with, with, uh, with running? Very, very much. And I, what, so it's very much, you're right. So for me at least, and Josh, I don't know if it's the same with you, like the fighting stays in your head. So for me at least, right. Like when it's sparring, right. Like we spar a lot, you know, I don't do it as much anymore just because I'm, I'm fucking old, but back in the day we were sparring like four or five times a week. And like when you're in a camp, it's almost every day. And like with your training and stuff like that. And a lot of times, like I'm just replaying like the sparring sessions in my head. And then like, if it's a fight, I'm replaying the fight in my head all the time. So that like, you're, you're going into it thinking like, and like we were saying, like when you're thinking of the other guy you're fighting, right. You're thinking like, Oh shit, he's not eating four cheeseburgers. Like I'm not going to eat four. Fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, but also when you are training, like you have goals you want to attain. And right now, like the status, and I tell this to people all the time, right? And this, I had to tell this to Josh because Josh is an instructor now, right? So mm -hmm. when you're an instructor or a coach, right? You're the goal for a lot of people. Like everyone in the class, their goal is to eventually beat you or be on right. your level, Yeah. right? So you, it is like, it is like you're holding your status as alpha, but like you have to do it. You know what I mean? So when you're yeah. in there, like you see these guys come in and things like that, like, but you have to, you're playing in your mind. Like you're also teaching them and you want them to learn and you want them to do well. And you don't want to hold anyone back either. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you want to be the boss as well. Right. Like I, you know, I'll teach everyone whatever they want to know and anything I know I will. But like when we get in there, I'm not going in there to lose either. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> so like, not. No. It's a very, yeah, that's how it has to be. It is, but that's the mentality they should have too. And you have to teach, like, that has to be taught. Also, to be fair, me and Josh, now that we are coaches, everyone that we fight in the gym for training, for sparring, right? When we, Josh still fights, so he's still actively fighting. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But Josh, when we're training, everyone can go 100% on us, right? They know that that they like they're that we're there and they're here and that they can go hundred percent on us. And there's not, I don't, I mean, there's maybe one or two guys that we can, I wouldn't even say go a hundred on, but that we can go hard with. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're not going like match speed on anybody. No, you know, no, absolutely. Not. So like that. Yeah. So when you're mentally preparing for this stuff, like, yeah, there's days where it's like, all right, I have sparring tomorrow. So you know, maybe I won't lift legs today or flip tire stakes. I want to save my legs for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Or like you're saying, like what you're saying with like, especially too, Josh had to make weight. I had to make weight a ton. And like with the running shake, like we're not mm -hmm. drinking milkshakes and eating cheeseburgers. No goddamn yeah. way. See that, maybe that, <laughs> maybe that's the difference though, is for me, running is more of like, it's like I get to go into the Zen mode for me. Like it's almost like it. a, like meditation oh, absolutely for me. yeah yeah where you guys have to have like an element of competition within it like yeah the alpha dog like i want you know who's on top of the mountain and that makes you better because 
your goal requires you to like have that edge perhaps. And I'm sure there's like Zen moments of, of, of MMA and, and boxing and stuff. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that when I finish a long run and I'm really happy with it, my brain is like, oh, it's time. It's time to chow. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I don't ever have to pay the piper really. Like if I, if I run two miles the next day instead of four, or if I push off my 10 mile or my, you know, 14 mile run, for a couple of days, it's not like anybody's like, mm, I don't know, except for me. I'm the only one who knows. What, what if? Yeah. <laughs> but are you? But for success in running, though, you need the carbs. You need the calories, though. So, like, uh, that's you, something you need, right? Like, a, you absolutely. If you're running 14 miles, you need to eat four cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just need you to do. replenish that. Absolutely, you do. But I, I think I, I think I cheat a little bit. And, <laughs> well, and they I mean, say that, uh, after a long run, they say that actually to have a beer. That having a beer after a long run is like a really, actually a good way to like put that what, stuff back in your body. But so in your mind, do you think like I'm not going to do this because I want to run this tomorrow, right? Like, is that what oh, yeah. you're saying? Yeah, oh, and I have that. Absolutely, you're not yeah. drinking for sure. That's the last thing. Like. I don't yeah. drink and party. I used to party and drink and all have fun and all that stuff for sure. And like when I wasn't in camp for a fight, yeah, I was going out, having a good time and, and doing my thing. And I'm Josh was the same way. But when you're in training and even now, man, like now that I'm older, I'm like, there's, I just, it's, I'd rather work out than knock on wood. I'm saying that now, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> story. but like, you know, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, if it came to the option of drinking six beers tonight and missing training in the morning or, or not, and like being able to train, I would say not drinking and go to train. I don't know. Maybe it's because how old, like, because when I was, I was still fighting, I was fighting when I was like, you know, like in my early twenties too. So like I could go drink like a six pack and then wake up and do my road work and all that stuff mm -hmm. and whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like, that was, God, I miss those days. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> you'd have like a, you know, a friend sleep over and, and go party and then wake up and go to training the next day. And like the worst thing that would happen is you would puke. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah. If I did that now, I'd freaking have a heart attack. But You're made of elastic. Yeah, then. So it's all good. No. Oh yeah how about it man at that point dude no injuries either your hands are like oh so crisp god it was awesome yeah yeah <laughs> be, be, um, do you ever play do you, so quick question josh do you ever play this game because you've been at this game for a while and so have i so do you ever play the game of like i'll think in my mind like man could i beat myself when i was this age or this year or this year or when i was like this you know what i mean like could myself now beat myself of 2017? Oh yeah, you know, I like conversations. All the I play time. that game all the time. All the time, yeah. Like, am I doing better now all than I was time. then? Especially with the gym, like when I started my first fight compared to now, and I, I think about that, and I would slaughter myself in 30 seconds compared to like <laughs> what I like now. It compared to then, I mean, yeah, it would, it would, it would just be the wolves, man. <laughs> like, not good. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be fucking slaughterhouse. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So, good. I'm glad we, and we'll talk about this more, but I did want to move into the hot segment, Hitting the Streets. Everybody's new favorite segment, Shake's Gem of Idea, and everyone knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some memory lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So, in English, if you say, this is lame, 
when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. That's memory lame, as in not cool, lame, L-A-M-E, as in not cool, as in bad, cool, not, whatever. So this is where uh, we bring up something from the 90s or when we were kids and we discuss if it's still totally rabular, tubular, ticular, whatever, or if it's lame city. So uh, Josh, as, uh, as it goes and as a guest of the show, do you have a topic for memory lane? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, something that was near and dear to me, you were saying 90s coming up. So it really reminded me of uh, Connects. That's what I had when I was younger. Connects. Uh, that's a good one. Space training tower comes with electric motor and everything here. Connects. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so did you do? So did you do Legos too? Yes. Yeah. But I was way more into Connects. I felt like there was a lot more you could do with Connects than Legos. Like you could build cars yeah, and right. all kinds of shit. You know. Yeah. I had a, I was just gonna say I had a motorcycle. Yeah. That yeah. Was a Connects motorcycle. <laughs> Me too. Yep. It was the best. Yep. Yeah. Dude, did you? Did you guys get sets that actually like you would build the motorcycle, or did you build it just like? in your you know freestyle at first at first i would build what it was and then eventually alex or asshole or someone would fucking break it and then <laughs> then those things just become like scraps and then when you build like a mega thing with all this stuff mixed together yeah then you know that's what that would be that was it for me at least because we had a ton of dude i we had a whole like huge bucket filled with legos and i just used yeah. to ham on them i love legos man. that was awesome <laughs> connects dude that's great that was like next level legos like the stuff because they had like beams because legos was legit blocks yes right yeah. like it's bigger blocks and pieces whatever but like you had like planks and beams and like bars and stuff with connects that you're like putting in i've never yeah, and they would just, clamp too they could yeah, clamp yeah. Like instead yeah. of instead of and, pieces and they were like legit load bearing yeah you know what yeah I mean? like, yeah you yeah, can yeah, place yeah. like like you could make like a bridge that's like oh this isn't gonna fall apart when someone touches it yeah, yeah. Josh <laughs> what was your legit. go to connect um so when I first got my connect set I just got a giant like briefcase looking thing like with a handle on it looked like a yeah, tool, like a tool yeah. chest kind of thing so that's what I got and yeah, then I just got yeah. like additional stuff from there my parents would get like so it's like not every Christmas but it was always a pretty much go to gift that it's just like hook line sinker just get them some connects you know what I mean because like. Yeah. It's been like very like to myself, like um, individual type things, tasks, stuff like that. So connects was a perfect one for me. I would just sit in my room for hours. My parents would come in and I would like have like a jungle gym of connects and I'd be sitting in or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that kept me busy for hours. It was PlayStation connects and my dirt bike yeah. growing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a great Big toy thing. that was. Yeah. And then, and I think the factory that correct me if I'm wrong, but in Hatfield PA, yep. the, there's a connects factory. Yeah, it's right down the street from the gym. Yeah, it's right down the street from the gym. Really? Yeah, it's right by the gym. I had no fucking idea. Three hundred nine and Berkey yeah, Road. Three hundred nine. Yeah. So okay, another thing with connects, 
uh, say you left a Lego out, it's late at night, and you're walking across the carpet or whatever, <laughs> and you step on that motherfucker, <laughs> forget it. Or if, like, yeah. your parent does, you're fucking going up for adoption. Right is grass, like, they're not fucking having it, <laughs> right? But I don't think connects. I don't think they were as, as deadly, right? Like, nah, the next yeah. one is bad. God, it, it's just a superior toy. Man, so the Lego company, I'm sure, has been around for, like, I don't know, at least since what the 70s or the 80s, I would yeah. assume. Legos, yeah. If not longer. Yeah, maybe like 60s. Like they've been around forever. Yeah. yeah. And the man, they were like, they held the, the title belt for so long of that kind of toy. They took it probably from like Lincoln Logs, you know. Erector set. They, yeah. Or Erector sets yeah. or whatever. And then Connects comes along and the Lego company is probably like, ah, shit. Like, all right, we're think, done. <laughs> I don't think Lego's hurting. I don't honestly, is Connects still nah, around? Oh, I don't know. The I know Legos fucking yeah. Legos doing awesome. Like they had fucking movies that were hits. The Lego they movie. Have their, they have Lego Land. Dude, Legos were don't get it yeah. twisted. They have a better Connects marketing department. Gimmick. And, at Plus, Legos. too, like they were more like so Connects had like cars and motorcycles, and those were awesome and stuff like that. Roller coasters. But then yeah, but then like I don't know if that was competing with like the castles and the pirate ships too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're kind of they're all over. You know, I don't know. It was still awesome though. Yeah, I feel like I if you love connects, all right. I feel like if you were like a gearhead, go. if you were a gearhead, you would like connects more. You know what I mean? If you, yeah, more, yeah, like, yeah. Lord yeah. of the Rings, like fantasy stuff, like stuff like that. They, they like Legos was better for that. But if you were more like engineering, like a gearhead or something like that, like connects was the way to go, and yeah. that was definitely me yeah yeah they had like actual engines and stuff like you know battery pack engines and and all that i never had it but people at my school did you know (laughs) i would get like the scraps come home with like a you know one connect a day you know build up my (laughs) build it up like i traded three legos for two pieces of connect yeah i could go for some connects now man maybe you know Maybe for Christmas next year, my did wife you will ever, get me some connects. Did you ever trade, uh, like, okay, so, like, in school, did you ever trade a toy with someone in school, like, for something they yeah, had? Yeah, 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 for sure. What did, what did you trade? Uh, okay, so I don't know about you guys, but at my school, they always had, like, book fairs and, yep. like, the school store, and yep. I was, like, such a sucker for that stuff. It's stuff that, like, if you saw it at the mall, you would not care about it. But for some reason, when you're at school and there's like this special eraser or oh, this pen sure. like writes in like four different colors, yep. and I had to have it. So I would yeah. bring like action figures, like GI Joes from home, and trade them for the dumbest things. And I was the <laughs> I was always the youngest brother, so I, of course I had my older brothers like you moron, why would you do this trade? Like a terrible <laughs> trade. Yeah. And I didn't care. I wanted I wanted the new stuff. So you're like, I wanted a highlighter that had four different highlighters in it. (laughs) All right. I wanted the pen that you click down and it could be six different colors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You fucking, you got fucking hosed on that one. You did. did, Josh, did you ever do a a toy trade? Uh, Bartering in school. Um, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hustled for some Pokemon cards at some point or crazy bones. It was Pokemon cards and crazy bones when I was like in elementary school. Ooh. Like yeah like game boy color games and stuff like that and i'm sure i did some you know fraternizing <laughs> back and forth with the crazy bones and stuff i mean i had a bag of crazy bones when i was young i mean i was hot shit on the playground with crazy bones 
But like, uh, <laughs> it must have looked like people rolling dice in the alley to the teacher or something. I would have laughed my ass off. All these kids standing around like yeah. playing with crazy boots. What are you guys doing over there? Why is there a hundred? <laughs> Yeah, Dude, I don't. I don't think Shake. Did you? I never. I don't think I got in the crazy bones. That might have been. I did. Past my time. You, you might have been a little too what old is, for that. I was born in '88. Josh, what year were you 91. born? Okay, yeah. So I think maybe Matt, you might have aged out a little bit on that one. They were like fucking fucking these, old. They were like these hard plastic little blob, like tiny little things. Uh, and and I would put them in the category of games. I I collected them. But I had no idea how to play them. Like we talked about pogs, how we had yeah. pogs as kids. Oh god! I have no idea how to play pogs, but I, no I collected them. Josh, do yeah. you know how how it was actually played? Because my cousins had those damn things, and I always liked them, like shooting each other with them and stuff. But I don't know how you played yeah. the game. But they had them. I remember exactly what they were. Yeah, and I always thought they were really cool. Yeah, but like, no, I never, I never mm-hmm. got into it. No, but I definitely know what they were. And that's a very nineties yeah. thing. That's like the most nineties thing ever. <laughs> actually, so damn. Yeah. How All right. and. And and they they seem pretty chokeable, so you have to be like <laughs> second grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're eight, 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 ages eight and up or something. Maybe, yeah. yeah. What, what what about connects though, Matt? When can you get? Uh, oh, I, I almost said your daughter's name. Sorry. When will you be able to get your daughter a uh, a connect set? I mean, not anytime soon because not- everything <laughs> she everything she sees now, first thing she does is bites it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Like I was, we were at the park the other day and she went up to the fence and just tried to bite the fence. I was like, <laughs> biting the fence? What are we doing here? Come on. You know, she walks up, they have like this thing that's like a, like a spin around for kids. Like you put them on it and you can like hold it and walk in a circle and it spins mm-hmm. the kid. Fucking, it's got like a net on it, whatever. Fucking yeah. climbs into that, just starts biting things, hugging other kids. I'm like, we don't touch. And we don't even look at these kids. <laughs> terrible get away but from no. these dirty kids <laughs> yeah she's nuts man she'll go down like the slides like head first and stuff she loves the swings she's crazy That's cool, but though. No. she's inquisitive very much but yeah she's no yeah no connects no legos hopefully never i mean maybe i'll miss that because uh, i don't want to step on any legos at two in the morning you know what i mean <laughs> definitely not but uh she yeah she might i don't know maybe Maybe she, hey, I wouldn't mind if she did. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had a little cousin, my uh, cousin, young Mike, that he, uh, he like kind of lived with us for a little bit. And I used to get him Legos and shit all the time. And I'm not going to lie. Mm. I was having more fun putting them together than yeah. he did. <laughs> you know, and this is like 2012, 2013. You know what I mean? So, he, right. he it's like i don't know i would love for her to have that stuff but i don't know if girls are into legos and connects as much but we'll see you know hopefully see. but let's uh let's put it to a vote all right okay joshua joshua since you put this up your vote is it rad or lame connects uh, connects are rad as hell rad as hell shake diggity your thoughts i have to agree connects are very rad you know what? I'm a I'm Legos man first and foremost, but I will say connects are rad. We're gonna round it out with a Mondo rad for connects. All right. All right. Joshua coming in with a big winner here. All right, nice. We got time for one more memory lame there, Shake Diggs. Sure. Do you have one or you want me to pull one from the list here? Pull one from the list, old Shake Diggity. Let me All have right. it. Let's Damn, go you know down what? The like list. there's time. There's times like I'm like thinking and I'm like, oh, that'll be great for memory lane. Oh, that'd be great for memory lane. And then I fucking never remember what it is. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? 
in those in those occasions you gotta like either text yourself or me or email yourself that's that's what you got to do. You got to like somehow save Dude, it. get the notepad. Uh, get a notepad app for your phone. That's what I do. I have a notepad app if I need to go to the grocery store. Like if I'm like doing Yeah, I use that. Anything. Yeah. Does that, does that really, is that gimmick good? The notepad app? All right. I, I might do that. Yeah. Then. I like it. I, I just used it today. To, yeah. My wife, really? she found out how she can add stuff to like the grocery lists on her phone. And it always happens where like I'll yell at her like, I don't need this list. I, you know, I'll, I'll just remember it and, and I'll come back. And I, of course I forgot. Something. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so now I, dude, sti- I stick, t- I adhere to the list. <laughs> dude, what, what is it called? Notebook? Uh, like notepad. That's, I think that's a wild one. Yeah. Well, you, notepad. Matt, you don't have an iPhone, right? So it's, I mean, there, I'm sure there's like dozens of apps that do. Dude, but like uh, so I always do the thing for me, at least with my wife, where I just don't want to fucking hear like, oh, you forgot the milk or the diaper. So every time I have to go to the grocery store, I text her everything she said that she wanted. And I was like, look, right. if fucking, it's not there. Then you're fucking going and getting it. All right. <laughs> go fuck yourself. I'm not fucking doing it. But then, you know, but when, then we had a, then we had a baby and I was like, hey, uh, what do we need from the grocery store? Oh, I forgot that. All right. I'm leaving. See ya. You know? <laughs> so <it was> like, <laughs> So, uh, okay. So nice. So shake, what do you got for us, babe? Okay. So for this memory lane, um, I think we should go with a little movie called Ace Ventura Pet Detective. They faced incredible odds and unbeatable enemies to earn the name hero. But now there's a new way to spell action. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura, pet detective. He's the best there is. Excuse me, gentlemen. Pet detective. Actually, he's the only one there is. You really love animals, don't you? If it gets cold enough. Now, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins has been kidnapped. Oh, righty then. And he's on the case of a lifetime. Listen, pet dick. How would you like me to make your life a living hell? Well, I'm not really ready for a relationship, Lois. There's no place he won't go. Captain's long. Start eight. 23.9. Ace, get out of the tank. I just can't do it, Captain. I didn't have the power. Nothing he won't do. And no one. Anything to embarrass me in front of camp. What? Like this? Hi, Captain Stubing. Because when this pet detective gets the scent. Where's Dan Marino? Hi, I'm Dan Marino. Marino, why? Because he's about to join Snowflake. He'll follow it anywhere. Here's Snowflake. Jim Carrey is. Go in there. Woo! Ace Ventura, pet detective. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh man, classic. Josh, your thoughts, please. Let me have them. Uh, that's definitely one of the funniest movies of all time. The first time you see that one, you you physically hurt after watching that movie. Yeah, yeah. instant classic, dude. I remember when that movie first came out. 
I used to get in so much trouble with for talking with my ass. Because I'd be like, let me ask you a few questions. Like I'm going to like we had like a neighborhood deli in our neighborhood, Josh, called Giuliano's. I'm like going in Giuliano's, like, can I please have an Italian hoagie? They're like, who the fuck is this eight-year-old like <laughs> ass talking to us? <laughs> Him coming on the scene, and I think that at our age group, we didn't really get to like see him on like I know he was on like in living color, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I know that he was an existing comedian before then, but that year, 1994, when when he came on the scene, it was insane. Yeah. He he just absolutely like, what is this creature? He was like an alien that came in like out of the sky. Um, in 94, he had a three movie run. He made um, Ace Ventura, he made The Mask, and he made Dumb and Dumber all in oh. a row. Man, they all came out in one year. Busy guy, is, Jesus. That's just like such a crazy, crazy run for him. Um, Dude, and especially what what you oh, on what year? 1994. Oh my god. When did Liar That's Liar come unreal. out? Liar Liar, I think, was right yeah. around that same time. Was that 94? I think it might have been. I mean, it had to be right really close. It might have been oh a little bit after. Word. How did he do that? That guy must have up 10 years off his life that year. Yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, he's He's a little off the edge had, now. So. Then he had Truman Show. He had Truman Show, and then he had Man on the Moon, right? Yeah. So, so he, he did, and then, dude. And then he had like Me, Myself, and Irene. I fucking love that movie, Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, so that good. movie is hilarious. So I never saw it. So he did good. Batman Forever. Don't forget yeah. that. Yeah, the Riddler. He was the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, and Cable great Guy. Riddler. Cable Guy's a, a great. And Arnold's well. in that movie, dude. Never. He's Mister Freeze. Uh, yeah, Arnold. Yeah. Dude, I never. Liar, uh, liar is ninety-seven. Oh, okay. Never, never really got into. Um, never got into uh, what you call it, the Cable Guy. Tell you the truth. Really? I like that movie. I think the Cable yeah. Guy is great. I loved his Jays in the basketball scene. The fucking Elevens. I think he had the Space Jam on. <laughs> yeah. Besides uh, that, no, thank you. Man, what a run this is. So it goes: Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Batman Forever, Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, The Cable Guy, Liar Liar, uh, The Truman Show, Man on the Moon, Me, Myself, and Irene. And then in my opinion, the one that really capped it off, uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Yeah, dude. I, that oh, movie's awesome. Oh, my God. That movie's incredible. Nobody wow. gave it any credit, but it's a dude, really that's good an movie. A, that's an 11-movie run. That's like who's beating that? Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks? Like, come on! Do people even you know make the only that's other a tough ass? People even make other movies then? <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, I know. The, Dude, the only this, other are those eleven number one hits too. Like they were all number one at the box office. I mean, like right? super popular, super super duper. They had popular. to be. They had to be number one. Yeah. I know because Ace Ventura was, The Mask was, right? Ace Ventura Two was, Liar Liar was. Mm-hmm. Right, like they were all number one hits at the box office. That's eleven yeah. number one hits. That's un and, and and then he had Eternal Spot, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind after that, which yeah. was even better, dude. That yeah. movie, that's one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. You ever seen that movie, Josh? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? No, sir. 
bro. Oh, Dude, it's, it's really like a total. Movie. That's it's that's a, like it's a not a normal Jim Carrey movie. movie that no, <laughs> dude, no Kill, killer cast though because it's Jim Carrey, Elijah Wood, uh, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, Kate Winslet, Kirsten Dunst, Kate Winslet. Dude, it's a great, great movie. Great movie. Oh my mm -hmm. god, great movie. Dude, yeah, yeah fucking, I, I remember seeing that when I was in like you know because that came out when I was in like I think I was like nineteen or something. And, and I was and the, like in relationship stuff. It was like yeah. this means so much to me. It, <laughs> yeah, it was the perfect perfect movie for Matt at the time, because yeah. um, <laughs> uh, of how deep you are, yeah. Matt, or were. Oh, he's a teddy bear. Yeah, that age. He's a big teddy bear. Yeah, very yeah. very sensitive. Um, but that those Jim Carrey that, that like eleven movie run also they're all like and I don't want to say anything you know, say what you will about the Marvel movies. They're all like established properties that like need licensing and stuff. All those Jim Carrey movies were like original characters, except for the yeah. Batman uh, movie. Yeah. That was the only one where they had to actually license the characters or whatever. These were yeah. just original like people that just came up guys. with. Yeah. And then they took this guy who is just some sort of weird alien person and like gave him a vehicle to be crazy. The only yeah. other, and and back then, the only people that really came close, uh, the only person I think is Mike Myers. He's the only person that like was, you know, an yeah. established. Because he had a, Wayne's a, World and he yeah. had Austin Powers, Austin Powers yeah. and all that. Yeah. That was just like, and Eddie every Murphy kid, too. Yeah. Eddie Murphy too. Oh, he's yeah, a absolutely. killer dude. Back then, Eddie Murphy was a man. Dude. Oh, he was, he was yeah. on top. Of, he was, dude, he, he was. I love to see his run because he had like 48 hours trading places coming beverly to hills america cop. beverly hills cop yeah like all of those in a run right and, right but, and all those, has, but but half yeah. of those happened like before we were born or when we were like true, true. infants you know but then he had like we nutty like, professor yeah and, and we he had like a second run with those like the nutty professor and yeah and uh was he would did he have like a what was it like a dr doolittle movie yeah norbit what was that uh, norbit? yeah norbit i think that's what it was yeah, called I, right I he definitely had a movie called Norbit. Yeah. Oh, he was in Bowfinger too. I love Bowfinger. Bowfinger he, yeah, he said uh he said I know uh I think so your boy Mark Marin. He uh I think Eddie Murphy was on the Mark Marin podcast uh last week or a couple weeks ago. And he right. had said he's like he left Hollywood, like he stopped like doing movies and stuff for a while. And he's like, because they just all sucked. He's like, all these movies sucked. <laughs> He's like, I just don't want to make, I didn't want to make shitty movies anymore. So I stopped and I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, Eddie. But dude, he had some hitters. But okay. So like you were saying, the there the all of Jim Carrey's things were unique novelties. Like they were like, dude, him playing multiple personalities and me, myself, and Irene, that's like that's genius level shit right there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you can't just like you really can't write a movie like that thinking, ah, we'll just find the best person for the role and hope it works. Like you have to know that you have like a Jim Carrey. Who are the actors or actresses that can actually do that kind of stuff? Like obviously Will right. Ferrell, uh, Jim Carrey. And then like people, you know, Kristen Wiig is someone that like, you know, her characters definitely like, you know, she has to pop off the screen with her characters. And I think she does. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else would like fall in fall in that that realm of 
of just uh, out Rob, there people. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Robin Williams, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Un- he might have been the best at it. He was unreal. Mm-hmm. That guy was a god. Jesus Christ. Can't miss yeah, him. Yeah, he was enough. fantastic. Yeah, just like Dustin <laughs> Hoffman, I would say too. They're like a controlled eccentric. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. 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 Did you see there's like a um a thing came out this week that there's like a R-rated version of Mrs. Doubtfire that came out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like they what? so he was so crazy back then that he would do a bunch of takes that were not uh family friendly. And I guess the director or whoever edited it created a version that was like R-rated and like oh. really not like PC. Oh, that's and, the best. But like it never saw the light of day. And his daughter came out like last week and said something along the lines on on like Twitter saying, you know, I don't I don't care to see like the R-rated version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Like I I love the Mrs. Doubtfire that exists. And if you want to see my dad say like intense curse words and stuff just watch any of his stand-up specials and he, oh my god yeah, he goes nuts on those and then she goes it's him and all of his uh long arm hair oh because <laughs> oh. he did yeah. it like the craziest oh he was hair. a whoop dude oh, that dude. guy was a hairy bitch <laughs> oh my god he was like the hairiest son of a bitch going jesus christ Dude. So. All right. So, all right. We got kind of, we bird walked a little bit. Let's, uh, let's vote on this thing. Shake Diggity, you brought her up. Ace Ventura. Rad or Lane, Rad. what do you got? Rad. Jo- Joshua? Rad all day. Rad or Lane? Rad all day. Rad. Mondo Rad, baby. Mondo Rad, Mondo that Rad. son of a yeah. bitch. You can't. Come on. Can't go, it's Ace Ventura. Wrong, yeah. That thing, dude, that was one of those movies. Like, there's been some movies that are so quoted. That it's unreal. Like I believe, like Anchorman, Anchorman massively quoted movie. Mm-hmm. Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. was quoted, but Ace Dumb Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura was like, dude, alrighty then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all that <laughs> shit. Like, come yeah. on, bro. Everyone yeah, but- was all about it. It was so quotable that you could even say things that weren't in the movie in his, just in his style, and people would yes. know you're doing yeah. like the Jim Carrey. Yes. You know. Yes. So. That's awesome. I bet you yeah. there's enough generations yeah. now coming up that kids like would probably do that. Somebody would just be alrighty then, and they would won't even know why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. probably yeah. getting yeah. to that point. It's just been a, it's just a thing now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, absolutely. Dude, yeah, transcends, transcends, man. That's awesome. All right, so okay, so that was another rousing segment of memory lane. All right. Anyone has any memory, memory lame suggestions for us? Throw them on us at our Twitter at Working Pod or send it to our Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. All right. Now let's get back into some stuff. So uh, let's get this going because we got a lot to talk about today. Very interested in this stuff because Josh has a very, very interesting background. Really, really cool stuff. Really looking into it. So Josh uh, was born and raised, he was born in Doylestown, grew up in Warrington. Uh, he went public school K through 12, graduated from CB South. CB South wasn't even a school when I graduated high school. Tells you how <laughs> fucking old I am. Uh, then he went to NBIT, and that's where he uh, did. A, he got a thing in uh, architectural drafting, right? Mm. Yeah. Coming up, Josh did uh, was very much like we were saying before. Didn't do many team sports or any. Uh, so <laughs> he was big in skateboarding. Yeah skateboarding bmx motocross and now you know kickboxing and boxing and everything like that 
Um, and he did all that stuff coming up. One of the things I'm really interested. So like skateboarding, like, dude, when we were kids, like being a skater might've been like, that's the coolest thing you could ever be. Right. Mm. Like the shoes, the clothes, like it was a whole like transition. Like you were just like, like we try, I tried skateboarding, really sucked at it, had a bike. We've talked about my bike. It had a name that we can't say anymore because, you know, it's not proper. We'll just call it the Rue. And then that bike was crapped on all the time. Like we had bikes that could be used for BMX. We just didn't use them for BMX because we were too chicken shit. Even though Mm -hmm. we did have woods. And Josh, I don't know if you had this because you did BMX, but we had woods near our house where we built bike ramps for this that we would go and like, dude, like I was one of those guys, like I would go there, I would maybe do it once or twice, but then I'm just like chopping it up and, and talking and hanging out and like, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. And then there's like yeah. the psycho kids that are jumping it like 50 times, like doing you <laughs> know, spinnies and all that. Yeah, that's you, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then there's the one kid, there's always the one kid though, that didn't ever jump and talked the most shit oh, the yes. whole time. And you're like, bro. <laughs> Oh yeah, bro. He's like, dude, I would go, but my knee, man, my knee, yeah. dude. Oh my god, what are you, a pussy? Like, jump. You're like, bro, yeah. bro, shut the hell up. We all know your deal. Did you do that stuff competitively? No, I never did anything like that competitively. I, uh, I just did. I just, I mostly rode BMX because I couldn't ride my dirt bike all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like I always wanted to ride my dirt bike, yeah. but I couldn't do that like all the time. You know, space confines or whatever. Like you have to go somewhere and ride. Like, um. I remember I'm like, so that's why I was mostly riding my bike all the time, but I loved riding my bike anyway. It was just like, you know, any kid to get out of the house, like escape, go with your friends. Like, Same. you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just to get away. So, Dude, like, your bike was your horse. Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. Like that was the vessel of like, like discovery. You know what I mean? Like even like, I remember the couple of times, like the first time I, first time I rode like two or three miles on my bike, I was like, I'm two or three miles from home, man. Like, you know how much of a savage I am? Like in your brain, you think that, you know, like you're like 11, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? People are like, okay, cool, whatever. But, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, we were always, always, always building, uh, building courses, like, in the woods and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, um, the, th- the thing that became cool was, like, there was a company we were young called Factor X that, um, or Factory X, Factor X, I think it was Factor X, and they made, like, plastic kickers. So when they, it was one after that because, like, we would throw one, like, we'd hold it, right, like, on our back, and we'd go take it somewhere with us where we were going to ride or whatever. So it'd be at the base, like a big hill or something. And we'd throw this plastic kicker ramp down and then like make jumps and stuff like that on our own. So like that definitely changed the game. And you could use that for skateboarding, rollerblading and everything else too. Right. So like, uh, extreme sports, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Extreme sports became like really popular when I was young, like that, like that, like yeah. that, like X games and all that stuff really blew up. You know what I mean? The Tony Hawk era. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, yeah. up in like, you know, Matt Hoffman. exactly yeah. playing all this games on PlayStation stuff. So it's like, I was just oh, always yeah. cramming my brain. It was like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like Matt Hoffman, BMX, or Dave Mira's game, or whatever, yeah. right? And then yeah, I, Dave Mira, yeah. Was awesome. And then I'd go like, I'd be like out of my mind, all amped up, like because you're 11, and that's what that's how you are, you know what I mean? And then I would just go yeah, run outside absolutely. and like, you know, just try to go jump over stuff. And then once I got a dirt bike, man, I think I did more dangerous shit on my on my bike. Once I got my dirt bike, because it like wasn't enough. Once I had my dirt bike, it was just like I was like, it was a fix, man. Were, like, yeah, I needed it. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, so it's like I started doing really dumb shit on my bike. You know what I mean? And then like what, skateboarding what, uh, and stuff too. So this is something I'm like really fascinated about. So like motocross, right? I've 
Dude, I've never, I've been on a four-wheeler and like, you know, a gator and like whatever that stuff, <laughs> but like a dirt bike, like I've always wanted to fucking like, cause you see the movies like, like Kelly Leak and Bad News Bears had a dirt bike and like mm -hmm. all these fucking badasses riding around on dirt bikes. I had a go-kart and stuff, but that's not the same. What was like doing motocross like? Because like those kids always were showing up to school with broken legs and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like yeah. dude, what? So that's something though, like I always wanted to do. So what is, so how, like one, so I, 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 and we'll talk about it, but your dad worked with, like worked with automobiles and stuff. So he knew like, he knew like the mechanic stuff on mm -hmm. how to fix and work on a bike. But like, what is it as a kid, like the sport of motocross? Like, how would you do it? Like, do you go to tournaments on the weekend? Are you racing? Are you doing tricks? Like, what are the competitions and how do you, how'd you get into it? So like the eighties and nineties motocross was really big, especially like in the, in the eighties, like late eighties going into the nineties in motocross. I think that's like when it really blew up. Cause like it got big in the seventies, but like, as I was growing up, like my dad had like technique videos from guys explaining like how to launch correctly, like how to do stuff or whatever. So like, and I was so mm. obsessive and like, I still am like, I'm an idiot. Like I got to like control things that I get into because I'll lose track of time and I don't get anything done. So like my dad would put, <laughs> to keep me occupied and to keep it easy for him. Right. He knew if I put dirt bikes on the TV. He's just going to sit down and shut up and he'll be glued until I turn it off. So like, that's what I would do. I would watch these videos that my dad had of like people like, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. Like I understand this. And then I learned how to ride a bicycle. Right. And like, then it came from there. So once I got my first dirt bike and my dad started to show me like little things here and there. And then it's like, like anything else, like the gym became, I want to compete. I want to do this all the way. I want to do that. So like, it wasn't necessarily like a thing that like, uh, I like, I didn't find it hard to get into it. It's just really expensive, man. And my parents were broke as fuck growing up. So like, you think like playing sports or like paying for hockey gear or some shit like that, that stuff's expensive. I'm not going to like nice, nice shit's always expensive, but like, like yeah. fixing a bike every weekend and, and traveling the whole United States and having to tow everything and gas oh. and stuff like you, your parents have to own oh, a business. Wow. Like most guys growing up that like started off, like their families own businesses and they're called what's privateers. You know what I mean? And like get sponsorships from like local people. It's like fighters, like they're shorts. You know what I mean? You, like used to be in still yeah. like in Bellator and other organizations. Like you have sponsorships with the same getup, you know what I mean? So you find your way that way. But I could, it's like my parents like didn't have the money and my dad knew how to ride and stuff and he was adequate for what he had done, but he wasn't a professional, like nobody in my, it was just like a hobby. You know what I mean? My dad was just into it because he grew up in that era, like eighties and then the nineties, you know, and that's when I was born. So like, it was just what he liked to do. And he always had a dirt bike or a motorcycle or something. So yeah, it, it became my, like one of my first obsessions was like uh was dirt bikes motorcycles like because my dad had in the garage like i can still remember to this day like the smell of the garage and seeing my dad's dirt bike, yeah. like the smell of the concrete like some of the other stuff that was in there but i could smell like the gas and the plastic and like and like i can remember like walking in the garage and seeing it even when i was going my heart would skip beats it's like there's a dirt bike you know what i mean like it, it would it would I would yeah crawl. like i'd want to crawl on it i'd put my dad's helmets on all the time like you know what I mean? Like I'd be swimming inside this helmet, but it was just, you know, for me, it was just like, it was, it, that was like my first, like the hair on my neck is saying like goosebumps when I see this thing. Like, I, yeah. and like the vibration, like being on it with my dad and like, you know, everything was loud and it smelled funny and like, you know, it just smelled like gas and like the thing just was obnoxious and like <laughs> raw, you know what I mean? Like that was my initial first thing. It's just like, that was when it was like, oh, this kid's going to have an adrenaline problem. Like, you know, that was the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's badass, man. Like, 
So what you're like, you're what you're saying. So there was a kid that used to come in the gym, Johnny, and his parents were, they owned like a, I don't know if they owned a garage, but they knew how to work on cars. And this kid did like race car kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like junior race car stuff. But what you're saying, you have the bike, you have to pay for parts for the bike. You have to repair the bike. So that's time. You have to put gas in the bike. Then you have to have a trailer or a truck to put the bike on so you could drive to different competitions yeah. that are hours away. And then you probably have to stay overnight sometimes and things like that. Oh, yeah. So like this is like a total, total commitment. I didn't even know either, which this is fascinating. And Shake, I don't know if you knew this, but that there was like instructional videos for motocross. I just thought no. guys were fucking ripping it up and fucking yeah. <laughs> it up. You know? Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. Which, but it's fucking dude, that is badass. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. So there was a um, there was a guy was called uh, Jeff Matazovich. It was like a, his nickname was Chicken. This is the Matazovic video, and Jeff is definitely no chicken. So like I remember growing up, like I can still hear like the intro music and it's some super nineties and some shit like slides in from all directions and it's like you know it's like yellow and pink and all this stuff and it's like a chicken Matazovich like you know technique video and it's a VHS you know what I mean like it, that's, it, that's so cool. yeah it was, it was awesome man like and it was just I think what? I think it was just a way for my parents to just they're like oh we found something here we go because like yeah like I don't know I didn't. I didn't like have action figures and stuff a lot or whatever, like GI Joes or anything like like cars and motorcycles and stuff. And like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it had to be fast. Dude, that's badass though, man. Dude, that's you're like straight fucking young Ricky Bobby. Like, I wanna <laughs> I wanna go back. Big time. Yeah. What is the what are the rules for young people like doing like motocross and stuff? Yeah. Obviously, like I'm assuming this is long before you were 16, right? Like, so uh, you didn't yeah. have your license. No, no. So, like, uh, kids get started really young. It's like anything, like anything else with boxing stuff like that. Like the elite of the elite, like you know, the guys that go on to win multiple like world titles for like you know Supercross or yeah. Motocross, or whatever. They start off young. So it's just you, you like usually you have land. You start off you practice in your backyard, and then like it starts to grow from there. You get in touch with people, and then it's like any momentum starts to build. And then, oh, this guy knows this guy, yeah. and now okay, be cool with this dude or like five parts here this guy might know this guy and boom 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 and now you got something now it's like oh this dude wants to sponsor me i'm actually getting kind of good at this like so it's like anything else i think you just yeah. like you meander your way through like the beginning right kind of keep your head down get the lay of the land get an actual skill set and then start to expand you know like so i think it's like anything else yeah so but the thing is is like these competitions obviously like if you're having like a I, is it like 10 and under competition yeah. and like 11 and under that kind of so thing? So you should do it by like the CC and, rating of the bike. And, but it's like sanctioned. Yeah. Like you're allowed to do mm -hmm. it, I guess, because it's on a closed course yep. and like they try to make it safe and they have crazy probably insurance yep. so that if you like break your leg off or something, yeah, it's you can't see probably them. yeah, mostly oh, just a waiver yeah. to keep them out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. You're doing this on your own, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's usually like age bracketed, yeah. I think, in the beginning. And then it's like limited mm -hmm. by the bike size, like whatever the CC of the end. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's like, uh, it's like power oh, yeah. restricted, you know? Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's still like, I mean, so think cool. of, what is more like, dude, I, to me, like, yeah, people say like boxing and fighting and stuff is dangerous, but to me, that's nothing. Like when you talk about motocross, mm -hmm. that is fucking dangerous, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Shake, you think your mom at the age of 10 or nine would let you <laughs> on a fucking moto, like motocross? Like, no, the fucking no. 
Dude, plus two. I don't know about you, man. I mean, I think I could take, like, I can see some, I think I can at least see some brutal stuff. But if I see, like, my buddy little Jimmy next to me, fucking leg just, like, crack, (laughs) right, when we're on the race, I'm like, "Ah, ah, race is over. Fucking let's go. Put on the turn signal, pull over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking see a lot of flashers. <laughs> I kind of learned at an early age too that it was like I was so annoying about it. And every single time I got a gift, I asked if it was a dirt bike from like the time I was probably four or five until I finally got one. When I, was I think my parents were just like, okay, like for me to just finish living my life in peace, just somebody get this kid a fucking dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, and at a young age like that, obviously you can like recover from broken bones mm-hmm. and yeah. so much more malleable, like you bend in half and it looks like you should have, you know, a, a spinal injury, but you're fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and then uh, like the next day you're fine as well. Whereas now, yeah. you know, like you were guys were saying with, with boxing and MMA and stuff, like you wake up the next day and it's like, Oh my God, yeah. I, I, I have in so much pain back I, then. It's not. And, and uh, what I was trying to say is, I, I'm starting to get into surfing. I'm I bought all the oh, equipment. All right, I've nice. Taken the lessons. Whoa, I've taken the lessons. I live like ten nice. minutes from the beach, but That's I am nice. It's real nice. It's real nice. Yeah. But I'm like the number one like noob. Like when I come yeah. walking up on the beach, people are like, "Okay, this guy, this is this the biggest dork in the world." Fresh yeah. meat. <laughs> Here's yeah, yeah, yeah like. And the palest guy on planet Earth comes walking <laughs> yeah. up compared every, to them. Every show you got to bring up that you live in sunny California. Real fucking <laughs> but that's so, the thing I worry about is they, sorry, let me finish real quick. No, that's the thing think? I worry about is, is, and I've watched a few videos and like, and it's actually kind of, it compares nicely with motocross and, and stuff that was big in the eighties. Surfing became huge. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kelly when all Slater. The big yeah. Like Kelly Slater was huge. So in like the nineties and stuff, there's these awesome videos that are still like useful and yeah. like you can watch them on YouTube and learn how to surf and all that. Dude, that's um, awesome. Dude, that's they fucking say, badass, Shake. I like that, man. I, I know. I'm really excited to fucking do it. Fucking hanging 10, man. We'll see. Until I, yeah, and that's what my thing is. Rip a surf, bro. Until I get my first big injury, and then it'll be the end, and I'll just have this giant surfboard here. To You're a good you. swimmer, though. You're a good swimmer. Oh, I don't, I don't. That's no, that's no problem. But I think, uh, you know, it's like a motivation thing getting out there. Dude, I need, that's maybe fun. I gotta hire a coach. Yeah, man. Wait, you yeah. do you you you're taking lessons or no? I took, I so I did like you know how like if you're a. Um, like a um, tourist, you can go to a town and like get like a one day surf lesson. I've done that. I, I've done that a couple of times. And then when I talk to the guys afterwards and I say like, Hey, I, you know, I fancy myself a guy with like good balance and I can pull this off. How do I do it by myself? And they said, just go buy the cheapest, biggest like foam board mm. like that you can get because they're super easy to learn on and you're going to destroy it anyway. It's going to get all messed up. Don't like, he's like, don't buy anything expensive because you're not ready for it yet. Um, hmm. So, so that's what, that's my move is how much probably is, on, if, on Friday. If you I'm don't mind, out. if you don't mind, how much is the board? The one I got was like 250, maybe 250 bucks. 250 Damn, bucks? That's and that's yeah. a cheap one. That's what? a cheap one. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you get good, you, I buy, like I bought a foam board, which is like a big, if you guys have ever done like stand up yeah. paddle boarding, that's. That's what you're on is like a big boat of a Cadillac. Board. As long as you, 
Yeah. As long as you stay on top of it, like you'll never tip over. Like you'll just, it'll just kind of guide you to the, to the beach. Nice. Um, but people who are really good get, get smaller boards that are made out of harder materials and they have to, sometimes they're like custom made. Oh yeah. And, and they're like, also <laughs> if you flip over and you get your board coming back at you, it'll like bash you right in the face. So it's oh, good to wow. have a foam board where it won't hurt that bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice, so man. we'll see. So wait, we'll see. I'll, so I'll keep everyone up to nice, date on that. <laughs> yeah, I want to see like what the workout is. That's pretty cool. Okay, so let's keep this moving though. So I want to keep it moving. Yeah. So let's get into some jobs. So uh, uh, Josh's dad had a very interesting job. And it's kind of like, it's what we try to encompass here at the show. <laughs> where we want to like i was driving around today and i'm looking at all these things like i looked at a street sign that was painted green and white right who the fuck made that sign who hung it up then i see some construction equipment and i'm like who builds that who fucking repairs that and then mm -hmm. found out that today josh's dad used to work at a shop where they repaired and fixed like construction equipment right mm. so yeah pretty cool right like bobcats and things like that so Damn. josh uh, josh is one of his first his first job his dad worked at the shop and josh did like he was like the shop boy right where he's like doing like the cleaning and the sweeping and like picking up and like helping with mm -hmm. the small jobs and and but like he's also learning and seeing and like being around them too so that was one right. of his first jobs josh what in that kind of area and i know since your dad worked there you're probably there before but like, what did you learn and what did you see and and, and how did you like that kind of job? Because that is a unique thing, like something like we've all seen construction equipment, but like I couldn't tell you where it gets repaired or how it gets repaired or whatever. You know what I mean? So like that's something cool to know, to know and to see like that's a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just repairing that that's a job, not even like doing, you know, working with it. So go ahead, Josh. Um, the environment man, was rough. I mean, there's just metal everywhere you know what i mean really heavy shit that like yeah. you have to have like a general awareness which i learned really fast about one not getting in people's way because they're working and two it's a safety yeah these guys are in a flow like anything else even in an office or even anywhere else, there's a flow to the workplace right like new people stand out like a sore thumb because they're not in the flow yeah. you know what i mean like anything else so <laughs> when like i was first there like you know i was klutzy i was kind of like mousy almost i was like oh you know what I mean? It felt like the first day when I walked in the gym, you know what I mean? Like, what the like, what the yeah, fuck yeah. am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, yeah, yeah. there was a job that had to be done. And I just was like, I need to do this, this, and this, like any other 14 year old, you know what I mean? That's just like kind of have shit in his pants. And it's yeah. just like, okay, I got to do something or my dad's going to be bad. You know what I mean? To have that pressure, you know what I mean? But like yeah. just being around it and it was like men in like the nineties, like late nineties and two thousands, like not like today, dude, like the shit that yeah, flew yeah. around in there. It's like, it's a, shop you know what i mean so it's like it's even more rough than like a dealership or like a car you know what i mean like so um yeah they mm -hmm. would fuck with each other they would bring you know firecrackers in the shop and screw with each other during the day like you know like the boss was there, like, <laughs> shit, like crazy shit would go on right and it's like it's hot as balls like that's the one thing i remember like being there like just sweating my ass off like i've never sweated before in my life like and realizing that mm -hmm. my dad's been doing this shit every day for like he was at that job for 18 years. And by that time, it must have been like 14. Jesus. And like, just thinking about that. And like, my dad was kind of miserable growing up, like at points, you know what I mean? Like, especially when he was about the age that I am now a little bit older than me, you know, me five or six years older than me. Like, it's kind of always wondering, like, why is my dad miserable? You know what I mean? And like, sort of working that environment and like, 
wasn't exactly that it was just like okay like there was other factors but i could see like it's just like this job is hard <laughs> like this is a really yeah living you know what i mean like yeah all day and like work on these machines and they're covered in mud and like the thing comes in like you've got to clean like we'd have giant excavators or um um like bulldozers that the bulldozers were always my favorite like and uh oh, one of my favorite memories like growing up with so my dad cool. is like being in there right and my dad's like oh this machine just got done it just got painted i got to put it in, in the lot i'm like okay he's like you want to drive it i was like hell yeah i want to drive it like, oh, and the thing nice. like anything else i was scared as hell of it right but i had an attraction to it just like my dirt bike just like fighting just like anything else it was just like <laughs> yeah. this thing scares the shit out of me but there was something about it where it was like there was like an allure there you know what i mean so i like, get up on the thing and the diesel engine's running the thing shaking like hell you know what i mean and like my dad's like all right put your foot on the pedal yeah. you know what i mean because it was um it locks one side of the one side track and it powers the opposite to turn you know what I mean? So both are turning, then one locks to turn right, one locks to turn left. You know, it's a very simple use foot controls and like hydraulics to move them. So my dad would have me out there and like, you know, a couple of times he just got up and like let me drive and just kind of hanging on the thing or whatever. And he like, it's like, he literally was like, if you fuck this up, wow. I'm going to die. <laughs> so it's like, we would just be us in the lot and I would be driving this thing around, you know what I mean? And like, I mean, that, that was like, Dude, so, awesome. so it was like that, you know, you see like this mechanical thing where it was just like, it was this, and then it was a dirt bike. So it was the same type of thing. It's like, Oh man, this thing's loud and it shakes. It scares the shit out of me, but it's really cool. You know what I mean? Like, so it's yeah. like, yeah, just being in that environment gave me like the first taste of like one, I, I found out really quick that there was multiple paths that you can take in life. And some people took the path of working really, really hard every day for, I don't know, like what the wage was exactly back then. You know what I mean? But I can't imagine that it was spectacular. It was really hard work, you know, what yeah, those yeah. guys were doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I feel like that was my first taste of like manhood of like, you know, like, like go fucking get to work, like shut up and go work. You know what I mean? And that that's, this, this is the yeah. way it is. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and when it, when yeah. we're done, we're I, done and it's hot. So deal with it. Like no crying. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, yeah. that's a great lesson to learn and that's good on your dad. But I think that's something, and, and, and Shakes brought it up too before, where like, my parents were the same way, and I think Shakes were too, where they were just, yeah, at times they are just fucking miserable because of like, their lot in life. Like, they all worked blue-collar jobs, like, hard jobs, you know what I mean? And then had to yeah. come home to like, some fucking pain-in-the-ass kids, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, but People... like, the fact that your dad was like, in a way, he's like, look, it, like, showing you like, do you want this for your life? Or do you want to fucking like stay and like go finish high school and, and get something and, and do something where you're not fucking wanting to bust your like you're busting your ass and killing yourself every day for this yeah. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like get a job that where you can act like he's teaching you a lesson of like, look, there's consequences and there's things that you have to do as a man. Right. Like this is your job as a man to be a provider and things like that. And like he's showing you, like, look, there's different things you can do, and that I think that's great on him that he did that, you know. And plus, as a little shithead kid, you fucking need those lessons. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, big time. and Josh, you let us know if this happened to you on that job, but there is, I have like really, really like bad memories of being a little, a little shit like that, and yep. some other adult screams at you or yells at you because you you were doing something dangerous or whatever. I remember. Yeah. I was always hanging out like with sports with my older brothers. And I remember there were occasions where man, like they were doing batting practice and I would wander out where like the, you know, the guy on deck is swinging the bat. And then some random like parent would grab me and be like, you can't do that. You're going to get hit. Yeah. in the head. 
And yeah. I just start, you know, like bawling my eyes out and like running yeah. to find my mom. And like, man, like you learn quick. Like, and and that yeah. would be like a stupid like baseball field. But man, working in an environment like that, like with people fixing machines, and answer me this question. So were they, did they have to be like um resourceful uh mechanics where like they didn't know exactly what kind of machine was gonna be like they were working on? Or did they have like a specialty? Like you said that you had excavators that came down the pike versus bulldozers. Like that's kind of a, a different skill altogether is knowing how to fix, hey, whatever you hand me, I sort of know how to fix it. Yeah, basically, where, yeah. You know, yeah, basically you would just be like, yeah, kind of. So like if you're a heavy equipment mechanic, you're mostly like a diesel related guy. I mean, all those things are like diesel, like engine control. Yeah. Like so like a diesel, basic diesel knowledge, especially back then. Um, that was long enough ago to where everything was pretty much still mechanical. So you had like a lot of old school, like dudes that would do that type of stuff. Cause it's been the same at that point for decades, you know, decades and decades. Um, but yeah, they're definitely um, more of like a mindset where you had guys like there wasn't anybody that hadn't been doing it for a while kind of thing. If that makes sense. Like everybody yeah. just knew the game. Like, and it's so weird, right? Like you never talk to anybody who's like a truck mechanic, like a big diesel tech, or whatever right and they've only been doing it for a year like very rarely do you ever find it. it's always just like yeah i don't know 12 years in something like that or like everybody always has like a crazy wealth of experience <laughs> yeah. you know it's always one of those things so all those guys there were like that plus like my dad had worked there since like my birth i think at that point so like i like knowing that I'm visiting my dad at work when I was young and like I said rides in the machines and all that kind of shit you know so like yeah. I knew all those people but uh, I remember the guy Walt that ran the company and getting reprimanded by like another adult this reminds me of it like Walt was my boss Walt was my dad's boss and um, mm -hmm. um, I mean I don't know like what went on there like before I'd worked there or whatever but my like Walt was always on me like big time I would turn around and he'd be there I'd be working, right? Because I was kind of scared shitless yeah, to not yeah. be working. And like, I remember I'd be like working and I'd turn around and he would just walk away with like that skeptical boss. Like, you're like, I know I was just doing everything I was doing, <laughs> right? Correct? Like, that, that's yeah. what I was doing. You're like, but second he, guessing, you're, you know if, what I mean? Like, so it was just. If you're, but if you're, yeah. If you're looking at it from his perspective, one, he's doing, because did you get paid under the table? Um, like was, I think was I, it cash or were you getting like a paycheck? I think I got a paycheck, but like it was weird because my aunt did the books. There. Was it like a written check? Uh, I think I got a printed check. It's probably from like, yeah, it might have been from like petty cash though, because you're what you're when you were doing this, you're 13 and 14. There's no way they can employ a 14 year old at this shop. No, like like, and he's probably thinking like in his mind, he's like he's doing his employee a favor by letting his kid work there. If this kid gets hurt, insurance isn't going to cover it. He could get sued. Mm -hmm. He could do all these things. So he was probably in his mind like, this kid loses a finger. I'm losing this whole fucking place. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like, plus two, I bet his, I bet your dad was probably like, hey, fucking, you know, Walt, work, fucking whip this kid into shape. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, there could have been that too, you know. Yeah. But he's probably honestly, his your safety was I, I couldn't imagine like his number one priority. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, if you get hurt, he's he's done. His career, his life, his livelihood, done. Oh yeah, there's no insurance covering that, brother. Yeah. So, uh, nice. So, okay. So let's keep it moving. So after you worked at the shop, you were there for like a couple seasons. Then you went to another hard ass job, landscape. Yeah. Right. Which, dude, we've all we've all done it. Not to like an extreme. 
um but like i've only i did like loops where like my buddy's dad ran a landscape ran a landscaping business so like when my buddy was out of town i would like fill in for him you know and i'm like weed whacking and raking and blowing uh using the leaf blower and, and using the push mower and shit like that nothing nothing fucking you know spectacular but you were working for like a legit landscaping business and dude that's another job that is work Oh, people yeah. don't realize like it gets and it gets like the stigma of like you know it, it's like an immigrant job you know what i mean mm. like that's where like illegal immigrants go and they do but like honestly the guys i've worked with were fucking top-notch guys and the hardest working motherfuckers that there are you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. that and landscaping is not an easy gig no. that is a tough job yeah. that's one of those jobs like that job gets you in shape buddy mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that is a rough gig how did you like landscaping what did you learn how did that go um i liked it i liked it because it was my first job where i stacked some decent cash that summer where like i saved all my oh, money nice. that i made that summer and like you know birthday money all that shit because i was still like kind of in that age group then um mm -hmm. that, that paid for my first car and my first year of insurance outright I paid for everything cash when I first bought it. And I always looked back to that, nice. that summer when I was like working my ass off, when I like made the most money I'd ever had in my life at that point. And I always just like, it brings such a smile, like a warm, like smile to like my face and my heart when I just realized that it was just like, nobody helped me do that shit. I sweated my fucking ass off for that money. Like nobody's yeah, going to yeah. take that for me. Like I own this car. Like my parents didn't buy this car for me. I busted my ass to buy this car. And like yeah. that, that just yeah. made me feel so goddamn empowered when i look back on it yeah and plus too like that's something too like we without you even knowing it your dad taking you to the shop and learning those lessons he's empowering you to have that mentality to be like this is fucking mine like i earned this like i worked for this you know what i mean and you got your own job and did your own thing where you were like i'm gonna fucking get my car and i'm gonna get my shit right dude that's impressive man because i didn't have I had, a, I had two cars, uh, yeah, no, yeah, two cars I had bought before I ever had a license, you know what I mean? And both of them were shit canned, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, I had, it was a 1989 Subaru C4, mm -hmm. that was just the worst, and then I had a 1991 Mercury Cougar, oh, and that hell was yeah. another one that were just... <laughs> they were both shit can i but i wasn't allowed to drive i wasn't allowed to get my license so i was 24 now nah, 23 maybe hmm. but either way i didn't have my license for a long time so this like those cars i just like would drive them uh, <laughs> 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 but like one of like the one of them uh, the one the subaru c4 didn't have a stereo system in it so i'd put like uh like a boom box in there with batteries. Oh, dude, I just <laughs> <laughs> like that before too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then like eh, the windshield wipers didn't work. So I would have to, I, it had a sunroof <laughs> that opened one time and never closed again. <laughs> and I used to have to like, do this with like a t shirt over the front. But uh, yeah, that car was a hunk of junk. But uh, okay, so nice, man. That's awesome. And that you worked and you were able to save money and get your insurance and your car and yourself. That's fucking good on you, man. If I was your parents, I would be very proud that a son that did that. Yeah. But then after that, right, you're done landscaping. Then you worked at the mall and you worked there for like a couple of years at a couple of different shops, mm -hmm. right? What was like, I, like everyone goes to the mall, but working at the mall must be like a unique thing. Like 
like I, uh, you know, like there are times that I've been to a mall like during a weekday and it's like dead slow. But then you're there on like a Friday and a Saturday and, and on the weekend and it's packed. Yeah. Like what is like what is it like like working at the mall? How did you find that? Because that's a unique experience. Um, well, back then, right, we're talking like I when I first started working at the mall, I was sixteen, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was fifteen. Oh, I don't, I don't that's, think, I don't that's think it would have prime already. Oh, bro, big time. Prime already. I was there every weekend, regardless, right? So, like, I didn't care about like on the weekends, like Friday and Saturday nights. Hell yeah, it was awesome. I knew all my friends would be there. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. I wouldn't work until close. Maybe I'd get done at eight. Back then, the mall was open to like a normal time, like nine or ten o'clock. You know what I mean? So like I would get yeah. to hang out with my friends afterwards, and if not, like. Most of the time, if like, especially when my buddy ran the place, I had journeys when I worked there because I worked at journeys and I worked at Hot Topic and then I worked at journeys again. And it was the same thing. Like as long as all my responsibilities were done, I would just kind of wander around and just talk to people. And like when I worked at Hot Topic, I could put on whatever music I wanted because it was par for the course for that place. Oh. You know what I mean? So like I could do yeah. like whatever, I, you know, so like for me, man, like it was a pretty chill time. Like I never really was ir that irritated by, you know, and it was super convenient because I lived, I think, three miles from the mall at the time. Um, so yeah, oh, nice. I, yeah. So during the day, the day shifts would suck. The work was so easy though that I just like it didn't it didn't bother me. But I yeah, like dude, working especially Friday nights, man. It'd be like a summer night or something, and like a whole bunch of places would be packed, or it was the holidays. Holidays were great too because you'd always run into people that you hadn't seen in forever, or like you'd see people that yeah, and like yeah, what's going on? Like so that like working at the mall was great. It was kind of like half of a party for me since most of my friends worked there. You know, it was I was a good time. You know, but um yeah um. <clears throat> I mean, it didn't really pay that well, but once again, I was just a kid, right? And I was making <laughs> seven fifty an hour, yes. or whatever. So same you thing, just, just yeah, saving all my you money. You just want gas for your car and and insurance and all that. Yeah. that's all you want, right? Oh yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. And like, um, I mean, I played in like multiple bands at that time, and so many of my friends <laughs> did that, like, would hang out at the mall, or they like were friends with people, like you know. So there was kind of like a, just a click going on then, you know what I mean? So like. Yeah, and, and I mean the food court was right there. I could eat whatever I want, you know. So sure, it was it was sure. just cake, man. It was, it was cake for a sixteen. Yeah, air conditioned. I wasn't sweating yeah. my ass off anymore. Like what? it was freaking cake. Yeah. Oh, dude. So I, I yeah, and like you're chilling, like doing your thing, man. That's pretty cool. I did. That is a cool like when you're looking at it like that. Like if you're 25 and you're working at the mall, Ouch. that's when it's like. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'd like to get a job at the mall now, dude. <laughs> I don't think I'd be accepted. You know, when I when no. I when I stroll through the food court, I don't think the ladies will be uh, turning their heads, saying, Plus two, hey, like, there, there's, Yeah. <laughs> Plus two, like Josh, at your age, you're 16, and like you're working there. You have a car. You're a good-looking guy. You're like in the music. Were you in a band at the time too? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you fucking the chicks just fucking ate you up. You had a job, you had a car, you're in a band. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Cleaned up yeah. pretty good. You went to you were just like at the mall. You were just like, Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, they're coming to me. So yeah. <laughs> I'll just hang I, out here. I believe the phrase nice. the phrase would be killing the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killing the game. That's damn right. So nice. Okay, so let's keep it moving then. So uh, after the mall, you left the mall and kind of got back into the automotive world where you worked at Pet Boys for a little bit. Is that right? Yeah. How was that, man? Because I'm not going to lie. Uh, not a fan of Pet Boys. <laughs> now, at this point in my life, neither am I avoided like the plague. But uh, especially since I still work on cars and stuff like that, I won't go there at all. But um, especially where the one I used to be. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, 50% of the people still work there. And that was 13 years ago. 
Jesus. Yeah, one of those places, dude. Um, so, like, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good because it paid more money than it was cars. Uh, it wasn't as much fun as working at the mall. It paid a little, it, I think it paid like almost a dollar more an hour, which like back then, like, especially at that age, that's a lot of money, you know what I mean? So, like, but I did, yeah, I, I, I worked more and I worked like full, like, eight-hour shifts, nine-hour shifts sometimes, or if I had to cover or whatever, and there was more involved. Like, I ran the cash register and all that different stuff. And, like, uh, yeah, so that that was good. But I also really liked um, with cars and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that was my main thing. It was just, like, I'm knowledgeable with this. Like, this is expanding, like, something else that I can now, like, when I'm here, like, doing this, now I'm, I'm kind of broadening my horizons for something else. So that kind of, like gave me the jumping nice. off point of like getting out of retail. Cause I like, I didn't want to be in retail forever. You know, nobody does. So no. yeah, no. but uh, yeah, it was good. And I got more experience. I expanded a skill set, and then eventually, nice. yeah, that led to my next thing. So yeah, it was just more retail and stuff like that, but it was longer shifts, you know, more commitment. I had to work on Sundays, nine to six. I remember that was just the most, like the most oh. molasses moments of my life was working with that nine to six, oh. nine to six shift at Pet Boys. Yeah, it was Dude, that's brutal. So, okay. So then you're done Pet Boys and like you kind of stayed in the automotive kind of realm, like you said. Then you went from Pet Boys and now you're at uh, your current job, but it was a different position when you started. So tell us where, like, you don't have to say the name of the business because you're still there, but what does this business do and what was your job when you first started? And then how did you transition into the position you're at now? So when I had um, another job, I was a counter guy uh, for a, like a truck parts warehouse. And that's where I ended up like, kind of going from being like an automotive guy to getting into the diesel world a little bit. So once I got experience at a dealership, um, I got uh, I had enough of a background established with heavy duty vehicles and having like diesel experience when I with my very first job with my dad. So um, then I kind of went on from there. <clears throat> and uh, basically what I do now is parts research. So I work for a company that designs and manufactures aftermarket auto parts, and they have a heavy duty line, oh. for, like for diesel related and like a heavy duty trucks. So when I worked at the dealership, I basically used to look up parts and categorize parts and run the warehouse. So I had a whole entire background of like diesel and heavy duty parts. So then they wanted to do a line of those specifically for like, um, for trucks, for like buses, for SEPTA to get involved with those types of fleets and that type of, um, environment for like diesel related things since transportation mm -hmm. is such a big thing. So then um, I found yeah. out about this position and I started, it was basically just a hopped up counter guy position, but with a lot more responsibility and like, uh, and way more horizon, you know what I mean? So it was up by alley of what I was already doing, but uh, a lot more involved as far as research and development. And, and this sounds like it's like a different skill set too. Like you're saying, like, that's a niche skill set, like being like, cause you like, Dude, when people and shake we had a we had an automotive guy on the show last week who runs an auto mm -hmm. garage dude and he might as well be talking freaking japanese to us when he's saying some of this mm -hmm. shit like we don't know so to be a guy that has like a specific niche like the diesel like you're talking about that's extremely extremely valuable when you go to this place and you're like oh you're talking about this engine with this fucking thing and this thing and and pops that and did you hear about this and like you're able to work that shit. So I can see like how right away you could get in, be very successful, be very knowledgeable. And I bet like there was people that, and is, is this, did this happen where people had kind of been there for a little while, but you came in with such an experience and a background that you were able to like surpass them and kind of like take over from that position 
and like and help it grow just because of your like general knowledge from being around it your whole life yeah so there was people that had like um a, yeah like a general skill set right they were trying to understand whereas like things came second nature to me like i would see things on paper like hey i'm trying to understand how this works i'm like oh that's this this and this and it would be something that they didn't understand yeah. for like a couple months you know what i mean but it it comes second nature to me right mm. so there's in such like initially when i went there that the the heavy duty diesel line was in such its infancy that like they kind of just had people who were familiar with cars trying to figure it out a little bit you know what i mean and oh, then they wow. hired yeah. they hired me and one other guy that was actually a diesel technician and then like their the ability for information just because of our general knowledge like it just boom so we would sit with product managers and de development managers and stuff and they'd be like okay so what about this this and this and then i would be like oh well we replaced this all the time we sold a bunch of these and they would just start writing stuff down you know what I mean? So it was it was kind of oh, cool to like nice. see like an impact like that. Literally, like, oh, like I'm not yeah. just like a counter guy and I'm not just cleaning up like the dirty parts and put shit on the shelf anymore. You know what I mean? Like now it's like I did all that yeah, and like, got dirty now to tell this guy. And then like you would see like, oh, we get a request to research stuff and to be shit that I talked about in the meeting, you know. Dude, and that's like your knowledge and your input was valued. And to see that at that age when you first started there, that had to be so gratifying. You know what I mean? Just like knowing like your input is valued. That is got to be, that's like, to me, that's very gratifying. So that being said, what is, so how does this work though? Cause I'm still interested. So it's a trucking and like big diesel parts warehouse. Mm -hmm. So like, so say like someone comes in and they're like, look, my 18 wheeler freaking blew a uh, gasket. I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look, you got gaskets for 18 wheelers. What do I do here? Right. So they would do they like come in? Do they order it? Like, is it like the guy pulls up in his 18 wheeler with the blown gasket and is like, hey, it's parked out back. Here are the keys. Take care of it. Like, how does all of this work? Like, how does what does a customer want from you guys and what do you give to the customer? So um, the job that I had that was uh, to Pep Boys, there was the one in between where I worked at a dealership. So that's where I got like the guys would come into the counter and I started learning stuff because they'd have their truck outside and they'd come in there. So the job that I have now is for a different company. It's actually right down the street that I do like that. I'm part okay. of like the bigger like R&D program that they do. But like basically I can answer the same thing like two birds, one stone here. Um, yeah, so like they would come there and they'd have an idea or like nowadays people contact my work and they're like, hey, we're looking to buy a, a bulk of these because they're so expensive from the manufacturer or like we can't get this anymore. Can you guys make this for us? We end up finding out that, oh, this is something that a lot of people are struggling with getting availability for. Like maybe just the, the, the original manufacturer doesn't make this kind of thing anymore. So I like and my team oh, will develop wow. something for like from a need right so that we could sell like say like we'll buy a thousand units of this right now if you guys can make it because we can't find anybody else that'll do it and then we'll go oh how many other people need a thousand of these things and then we end up finding these giant fleets that are like i'll buy ten thousand of those things right now if you can give me this price and boom like oh. bang from there so it's like the ideas come in a lot like in that way like from usage right like think like failure modes we have to research that stuff too as to like why does this fail like why is this worth our time like why should i look into this and you know, it, it, it input comes from all different angles, whether people driving trucks, fixing them, or the people that order the stuff will get their lists, right? Of like people that have part numbers in a computer and they're like, they have, we need this quantity of this. We need this quantity of that. And we look like, why are you guys buying 10,000 of these things a month? Like this part number, like, what is that? They're like, oh, it's these lights that fail all the time. Well, why do they fail? Like, oh, this stupid little thing cracks or whatever. We reverse engineer it or find a new way to make it and boom, find one that doesn't have that failure mode anymore. And then we sell it to them. Oh, bro, dude, that is badass. So you're just like, 
dude, that's awesome. So you're kind of like, you're kind of digging for things like, okay, they don't manu. Hey, so let's say, I'm just going to use, this is all the hypothetical. So Honda stopped manufacturing the, the gimmick screw gimmick, whatever. Right. So they stopped manufacturing that. We know a guy that makes them that has them. People still need them because they break and need to be replaced. So you guys stock up. So when people come fucking knocking at the door, mm-hmm. you're like, here you go. We got them. And this is how much they cost. And it doesn't fucking matter because you can't get them anywhere else. So and there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Dude, so you guys are like, that's an ingenious idea because yep. you're finding like a need and you're filling the need. So like, you're you're basically just a like a solution problem solver really yeah like you're searching for problems and finding the solutions in parts yeah that's fascinating yeah so like so one of the best ways that we ended up doing that though is just like they would we would find an idea and then we'd look to see how many we can get reports on how many vehicles of that like type are registered and on the road still so then if they see like yeah there's a million and a half vehicles that are in the used market right now that could use these parts, right? And this person's having this this much trouble with them. Well, this is worth us doing because we could sell a million and a half of these things hypothetically, right? Because there's this many vehicles still in operation, even though the the make and model is 10 years old. People are going to fix that car. You know what I mean? That car might still be yeah, worth yeah. $10,000. Especially if it's like a Honda or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's a, a car that can last for whatever that can get three hundred thousand miles exactly. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's that's and, insane. And you know what? That to me, that's like a very underobserved like part of American ingenuity. You know, like yeah. and and things are getting automated these days. Like I, I do work with all kinds of uh, software development and stuff, and it's all about automation and making. You know, it's problem solving. Like it's a very glorified version of problem solving these days Mm -hmm. and it's all about automating but there's a part of like your job and what you're doing that is would be incredibly difficult to automate like you you know there i I i'm sure you guys use a a lot of technology and i'm sure that you you know Mm -hmm. it would probably be impossible for you guys to do what you do without the use of technology but at a certain point a human being has to like put, you know, you know, turn their, turn their brain on and decide, oh, this is worth making. Mm -hmm. This is not worth making. You know, this is, you know, something that we can do very easily and make a huge profit off of it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's like really, really cool. Um, Is there like a lot of like automation and and technology involved? Do you guys have like, like computer people that you work with that help you with this? So, yeah, I work through a computer, like, um, all day you know everything i do is on my computer Mm -hmm. so i have like um i have remote desktops that have catalogs from different manufacturers that you'd see at like a dealership that they'd be like yeah i need your vin to like look up this this and this part right for your vehicle so we have those types of catalogs available to us so that's how we do our initial research to get an idea what something fits what it looks like like why would this fail you know what i mean that type of thing so They've tried mm-hmm. multiple times because like our department has like 20 some people and like the numbers people at my work, right? They look at a department like that and like our, our department is typically, it's just an expense, right? Because our department doesn't necessarily make money because we process all the information and then distribute it out. Yeah. To the other yeah. Group. So like they like money minded people see our department like this is just an expense. Like what's going on here? And like normally they're straight yeah, yeah. money guys, so they don't understand this whole entire background of like how much automotive experience you have to have, right? And they go, well, can't we have like people in India do this? Or like, can't like we have a computer just scrape this whole entire thing of like whenever this part number is available? Right. And it's just like, no, you can't do that. Like, 
like there's just certain things in life yeah Yeah. you you have to have like a certain you have to have a like years of culmination of experience right like one of the best examples i can give that elon musk even said this which is great he's like where electric cars fail is like the human mindset you have a trucker that does the same route across state from like here to california like once a week right maybe he drives there and back he knows when he goes to this certain part of iowa that if he doesn't see cows in this pasture when he drives past here, they're probably in the fucking road. The electric car doesn't know that. <laughs> These automated cars don't know that kind of thing. So when this trucker is coming up, he sees there isn't cows in the pasture like there normally is. So he knows that there's probably cow or bison or something in the road. So he knows to slow yeah. down and look for it miles ahead of time. Whereas the electric yeah. car is going to have to depend solely upon the fact that it's programmed enough to not hit that fucking thing when you're in it. Because it's going to be in the middle of the road. Wow. Whereas like the trucker looks over and sees, oh, not out to pasture today. Must be in the road. Use caution. You know what I mean? So there's yeah, certain yeah. things Dude, like where you just have cheap. to have an instinct. Yeah. 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 It, and it's like computers can't do it. You're like You need like there's a, an algorithm and a formula that's ingre- ingrained into you from years in the diesel industry and years around this type of stuff that can't be put into a computer and it's a natural instinct mm-hmm. and that's awesome yep. that's fucking awesome that you're getting yeah. paid to like handle that and fix that and yeah they might write it off as an expense but it's not yeah. right your research makes them millions oh yeah dude right like you're yeah so they can be they can take their expense and fucking wahoo it you know well, the I thing mean? is like, like other their algorithm <laughs> yeah. the fucking money other companies other companies have people that do what we do but they don't have the resources and it's not as thorough and they have to buy a lot of their data. Whereas we create all of our own data by researching it ourselves. Other companies will buy yeah. data from people and then the people that they're buying the data from talk to other companies and go, oh, well, what are they working on? What did they buy this? Oh, they must be trying to develop this, this, and this. We're working on something similar to that. So all these companies compete in the aftermarket industry to be there first, right? Because everybody wants to be first and fucking winning is the best. So like, you yeah, like yeah. always want to win, right? So in that regard, whereas people, we don't buy our data, we create it. So people are always wondering, like, especially with the heavy duty diesel, like 18 wheeler, like semi truck related, it's extremely hard to get data for that stuff and to get the information that we have. So to go to these conferences and the people that are on my team go there and everybody looks at us and goes, how the fuck do you guys do that? Like, where did you get that from? And they ask to buy it all the time and we won't sell it to them. But because it, and even the head of our company will take people on the like tours, like manufacturers that are going to buy from us and stuff. We'll take them on tours and they always come to our department and they say, this is the one thing that we have that nobody else has. We have a cataloging department with our own internal resources, all their own like, like research and development research. Sorry. Like, to initiate our process nobody else has this like you can't just have a computer scrape a catalog and get this yeah yeah i fucking i fucking love hearing that robots aren't fucking taking over from that fucking (laughs) job you know like humans instinct matters like you know what i mean like the interaction matters there's something you guys can create and like do you guys get like jazzed up when you're like oh shit oh shit look at this the fucking thing's going down and we're the only one the only place you can get them is here and this is all that can have let's fucking go press this let's go get you know what i mean like when you get like a track on something like you guys must be like all right let's fucking go let's feed the need like let's get this teamwork kind of thing yeah right like that's kind of like 
that's fucking dude every day you get to search for that that's pretty fucking rad like i'm not gonna lie that's pretty cool yeah i mean when you walk past people in the hallway and like they say like you'll hear people talking about something or somebody will like just point and be like oh hey man how you doing he's like that idea that idea you told me about like that we're getting that one going that one's going and like would we'd print a catalog like quarterly right of all of our hd stuff that we've been working on and i would see some of my ideas printed in the catalog and it's all stuff that i dealt with when i was at the dealership whether it was like returns like, you know, when you like replace the starter or the alternator on your car, you got to take the core back like the old one. Right. And my other job, I used to process yeah. all that stuff for returns. So I would see all the used stuff, like all the stuff that people use 10,000 of all the time I was processing. So when I came there, I was like, we did this, we did that. I sold this a dealership. I sold a bunch of these. I sold a bunch of them. Like I said, people just start taking notes. And then you see some of that stuff of it, like viable for them to do would end up in the catalog. And I'd be like, hell yeah, man, that was my idea. Fuck, dude, that's awesome, man. And that's fucking gratifying, man. And you should fucking feel good about that because that's hard work and instinct that you have that you can't buy, that you can't manufacture on a fucking keyboard that you have to have, man. So that being said, that being said, we are at the top of time. Dude, I'm not going to lie, Josh. I was really looking forward to this, but this was fucking kick-ass. Oh, good, man. I love, I, I fucking love learning like this kind of stuff and like this new industry that, dude, this is a multi-million dollar industry that I had no idea existed. And this is such like a niche kind of like kind of skill that you have that you kind of acquired through your life of your story. Like your story of how that we called on this show is fascinating and how you got here and like how your work affects the world we live in. Like we see trucks everywhere. Yeah. Now we know like there is a fucking living to be made by just like the parts and like finding what they need yeah. and solving the problems with these diesel engines. Fascinating stuff, man. This has been so great. This has been so great, but we do have to get to the end here. Shake, you got anything you want to say to the people? No, no, Josh, just thanks for coming on, man. This was, this is yeah. really educational. Sometimes these things, are more entertainment. This one was like a nice balance of entertainment <laughs> and education. Oh, good. Yeah. So, Couldn't agree that's more. Look, yeah. That's what we look for. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ice cream, baby. Ice cream, baby. We're yeah. And every, please come back. Please come back sometime. Yeah. As oh, well. just, big time. I yeah. was just going to say, I know, I know me and Shake are usually on the same page with this, but yeah, we would love to have you back on if you'd be willing to come back. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Just let me know, man. Awesome, man. Love to have you. So big thanks to Josh for coming on the show today thanks a lot man thanks for having us anything you want to say to the the dozens and dozens of working perspectives podcast fans before we take off now just big shout out to coach matt man he's always been there for me and uh he's always helped me out been honest with me when i needed to hear something told me when i was like you know whether i was being a dickhead or something you know he's always let me know he's always let me know so i really appreciate him more than anything for all the lessons and him just being a good honest friend to me and uh yeah i mean uh I have Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at JLawKB on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's the only social media I got. So yeah, check me out. Uh, follow. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for the experience, guys. This is great. Hey, man, Josh. Can't thank you enough, brother. Love you, man. This has been great. Shake, as always. Thanks, buddy. This has been the yes, Working sir. Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms at Working Perspectives Podcast. Find us on Spotify, The Working Perspectives Podcast, and on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter at Working D Pod. If you want to be a guest of the show and go through the approval process with the PAAA, not everyone gets approved. We all know that. If you want to go be a guest on the show and put your name in for approval, 
email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Other than that, this is the end of the show. Been a great show. Thanks a lot, Josh. Stick around for the ad read. All right, see ya. We're done. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.